Hey guys, welcome to the Bitcoin Fortress podcast, helping you increase your financial freedom. This is episode 100, recorded here on January 28th, 2024. This podcast is for entertainment only, it's not investing advice, so please do your own homework. All right, episode 100, big deal. So, uh, Thank you for your support, and uh, please share if you like it, and uh, I'm going to keep this thing going. So lots to go through this week. We'll start with the market update outlook, go through the Bitcoin news of the week, try to keep it signal. There's so much going through the news this week. It's just all this garbage about price action, price forecast, and all that. It's just total garbage so hopefully i was able to glean some signal out of all that mess and then we'll finish up with the uh highlighted substack post of the week so let's get into it stocks closed mixed but stayed positive for the week as the latest data added to investor optimism about the state of the u.s economy Earlier in the week, the U.S. gross domestic product came in higher than expected, rising at a 3.3% clip in last year's fourth quarter instead of the expected 2% gain, boosting investor hopes that the economy has avoided a recession. Economic data grabbed some of the spotlight from the earnings season on Friday. Before the opening bell, the Bureau of Economic Analysis said that the core personal consumption expenditures price index, or the PCE, The Federal Reserve's preferred inflation gauge rose 0.2% month-over-month in December 2023, matching the consensus figure. On an annual basis, it rose 2.9%, easing from the 3.2% year-over-year reading in November 2023 and below the anticipated number of 3%. So everything's great, basically. Uh, Post-earnings sell-offs of some well-known stocks, such as Intel's 12% plunge on Friday, held broader market gains somewhat in check for the week. The S&P 500 finished 1.1% higher. The Nasdaq composite gained 0.9% and the Dow Jones Industrials added 0.7%. So uh, it's just interesting though, watching individual stocks, it's just crazy. You know, after earnings, they'll go up 10%, 15%. Some will go down. It's just, uh, it's wild when they say Bitcoin is volatile. Okay. Uh, looking ahead, a huge week of earnings and the Federal Reserve meeting on January 30th to 31st will dominate the action during the week. The list of tech heavyweights due to report includes Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, uh, Alphabet, and AMD. Boeing is also reporting earnings next week during a turbulent time for the aircraft manufacturer. Federal Reserve is largely expected to hold interest rates steady and make only a subtle change to the policy statement, but the Jerome Powell presser will be closely watched for any hawkish or dovish tilt because this is how we invest. We listen to a guy and we try to figure out what he's going to do with interest rates. Uh, That's investing now, folks. 
Gotta love it. Um, at the end of the week, the spotlight will turn to the U.S. jobs report. Even with all the major events taking place, Tesla is likely to generate plenty of noise once again as investors and analysts weigh the premium valuation in light of the lowered unit volume expectations. And getting into the Bitcoin news, this first article is from Bitcoin.com. Uh, this is the week in review for last week. Uh, first here they have Morgan Stanley has warned about the risk of the U.S. dollar losing its dominance, fueled by growing interest in digital assets, including Bitcoin. The investment bank stated a clear shift towards reducing dollar dependency is evident, simultaneously fueling interest in digital currencies such as Bitcoin, stablecoins, and CBDCs. Well, I don't know about interest in CBDCs. I guess that's more of like the government's interested in that, but uh, I don't think the plebs are. But anyway, having Morgan Stanley talking about that certainly worth noting. Uh, next here, Global Investment Bank, JP Morgan, has warned of additional outflow from Grayscale's Bitcoin fund, cautioning that it will put, quote, further pressure on Bitcoin prices over the coming weeks. The bank's analyst also explained that the $3 billion inflow into new spot ex Bitcoin exchange traded funds reflects a rotation from existing Bitcoin vehicles or from retail investors shifting from digital wallets held with exchanges, retail brokers to cheaper spot Bitcoin ETFs. Okay, um, that's not really that interesting. Uh, in September 2022, Bitcoin's SHA-256 algorithm ranked as the seventh most lucrative proof-of-work network for mining. Fast forward a year and four months, and this algorithm has ascended to become the third most profitable crypto network for mining operations. Okay. Uh, Jim Cramer, the host of CNBC's Mad Money Show, has doubled down on his bearish Bitcoin price outlook, predicting that the cryptocurrency will continue to struggle against the backdrop of a plummeting crypto market. Unlikely that Bitcoin finds its footing. Cramer emphasized after previously declaring the recent price drop a, quote, nasty beginning to a significant downward spiral. Well, we all know what that means. Keep buying Bitcoin. It's going to rally because Kramer's always wrong. How sad is that? Next article is from Bitcoin.com. This one uh, is entitled, this was posted uh, two days ago, uh, U.S. government to sell $116 million in Bitcoin seized from the darknet dealer Xanax Man. Xanax Man. In a recent public announcement, the U.S. government's forfeiture division declared its intention to, quote, dispose of Bitcoins confiscated from Ryan Farache and Sean Bridges. The federal agents secured a total of 2,874.9 Bitcoin from both individuals and an additional 58.74 Bitcoin exclusively from Farache. In 2018, the Department of Justice indicated Farache for or sorry, indicted Farache for laundering proceeds from drug sales. The crypto assets were formally seized in 2021 because Farache alleged he was unable to locate the funds. Subsequently, he was apprehended, 
Attempting to transfer the funds leading to the confiscation of the entire batch of 2,933.64 bitcoins. On January 8, 2024, Farache received his sentence in the District of Maryland where it was noted that he collaborated with law enforcement. His father, Joseph Farache, was sentenced to 19 months while Farache himself was given a 54-month prison term regarding the 2,933.64 bitcoins valued at approximately $116 million. The U.S. Forfeiture Division announced they are available for acquisition by any interested parties. Any person other than the defendants in this case claiming interest in the forfeited property must file an ancillary petition within 60 days of the first date of the publication, which was January 10th, 2024, of this notice in the official government internet website pursuant to Rule 32.2 of the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure and 21 U.S.C. blah, 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 the U.S. government's notice details. Brache was involved in producing and distributing Alprazolam tablets, or Xanax, in return for Bitcoin through transactions on darknet marketplaces. Crypto tracking methods revealed that all of the Bitcoin wallets linked to Farache or his alias Xanax Man amassed over 9,138 Bitcoins from sources tied to DNMs, I guess dark net marketplaces. Ryan is an intelligent and thoughtful person who is extremely remorseful for his conduct in this case, particularly for the harm and pain that he has brought to his family. David Walsh Little, Farache's attorney, told the Baltimore Sun. Uh, so I guess the government's going to be selling more Bitcoin, which is good if you are stacking. Next uh, article is from Coindesk. Uh, this was posted January 26th. Uh, Bitcoin ETF flows show negative trend for first time since launch. Uh-oh. The group of recently launched spot Bitcoin exchange-traded funds are seeing combined negative flows for the first time since they opened for trade on January 11th, as money moving into funds like BlackRock's IBIT and Fidelity's FBTC has failed to keep pace with the exits from Grayscale's GBTC. According to data collected by Bloomberg Intelligence analyst James Seifert, the 10 spot Bitcoin ETFs, GBTC included, saw a net outflow of $158 million on Wednesday. Day-to-day -day flows can, of course, be mercurial. Numbers compiled by Coindesk from the issuer's website show total Bitcoin held by all of the spot ETFs, uh, GBTC included, as of January 24th of about 649,000 versus more than 660,000 a week earlier a decline of roughly 11,000 tokens. The only fund that saw actual negative flows for the week was GBTC, which saw its total Bitcoin and trust fall to 523,516 from 592,098. Among the other nine funds, BlackRock's IBIT and Fidelity's FBTC are leading the way, with each now holding more than 40,000 Bitcoin as of January 24th versus 20,000 to 25,000 for each one week ago. Both are also closing in on $2 billion in assets under management. However, inflows for both funds have slowed over the past several days. BlackRock, for example, added just 1,663 tokens on January 24th, its weakest daily addition since opening for business and down from 8,705 on January 17th. Despite the slowdown over the last week, net inflows of the 10-spot Bitcoin ETFs 
uh, opened for business on January 11th remained sizable. Seifert's Bloomberg colleague, Eric Balkunas, calculated total dollar inflows of $824 million since launch, which translates into a net Bitcoin addition of about 17,000 to 20,000 tokens. And I think this part of the story behind GBTC is that uh, FTX was liquidating uh, their holdings uh, to cash so that they can pay back all the people that got rugged. Um, and so that's probably that selling's pretty much over is the rumor. So uh, anyway, we'll see. But uh, it's uh, the price uh, did take a tumble. It went down, I think, 20% or something like that, which is not unusual in a Bitcoin bull market. And then this weekend, it popped back up to like 42,000. So, you know, it's just whatever. DCA, stay humble, stacks ads. Uh, Bitcoin.com. Uh, this article was posted, I think, yesterday. Uh, also ETF related. Articles entitled, Analysts Suggest Financial Giant Charles Schwab Poised to Shake Up Bitcoin ETF Market with Potential Late Entry. Uh, recent conversations have surfaced about Charles Schwab gearing up to introduce a spot Bitcoin ETF hot on the heels of the debut of 10 U.S.-based ETFs on January 11, 2024. In her article on riabiz.com, Lisa Scheidler touches upon this development, remarking that Charles Schwab Corp is being cryptic about cryptocurrency. Scheidler delves into how Schwab might leverage its extensive scale and competitive low fee pricing strategy to make a bold move with its Bitcoin ETF. She further explores the topic in a discussion with Eric Balkunas, Bloomberg senior ETF analyst. They may shock the world and offer something that is 10 basis points in a few months, Balkunas told Scheidler. I wouldn't be surprised they could have something up their sleeve. They might like to do something like that. Morningstar analyst Brian Armour clarified to Scheidler that this approach is typical of Schwab's operational style. It's consistent with what we've seen from Schwab. Overall, they're more methodical with their approach to product development than others. Armour told the RIABiz.com reporter they trade the first mover advantage for having a more thoughtful lineup that can stick with them for the long term. On the social media platform X, ETF Institute co-founder Nate Jirachi agrees with Balhunas and stated Schwab to enter spot Bitcoin ETF race. I say it's already a foregone conclusion. Agree with Eric and believe will happen sooner rather than later. Charles Schwab offers a full range of brokerage banking and financial advisory services, including dealing with exchange traded products. Schwab founded in 1971 offers a wide range of ETPs, including complex ETPs leveraged in inverse, on X, Balhunas explained that Schwab could get aggravated by Fidelity's significant lead in the spot Bitcoin ETF race. Don't sleep on Schwab, Balhunas said. They're never first to market in anything, but they make back impact when they come in with dirt cheap fee plus 30 million active brokerage accounts. And they do not like Fidelity, so FBTC's success could annoy them to file something sooner rather than later. So. Anyway, that's interesting. I think um, most people believe that uh, you will not have this many Bitcoin ETFs down the line. There might be three or four uh, that survive. Um, 
there just uh, isn't enough demand to support 10 or 11 or 12 or however many they'll end up being. Next article, also from Bitcoin.com. This was posted uh, today. A uh, little news on uh, Fiat World. Nigerian currency plunges to new low versus the U.S. dollar. Central bank governor says the Naira is undervalued. <laughs> sure. The beleaguered Nigerian currency has plunged to a new low against the U.S. dollar on the official market. Briefly falling to, uh, what is it, 1,398 Nigerian Naira per greenback on January 25th. According to a Reuters report, the Naira's new official record low saw it nearly converge with the parallel market exchange rate, which stood at uh, 1,400 Nigerian Naira to the U.S. dollar. This latest depreciation of the Naira is a continuation of a descent that seemingly began immediately after Bola Tinubu succeeded Muhammadu Buhari as Nigeria's president and removed former Central Bank of Nigeria Governor Godwin M. F. Fiele. Before that, the Nigerian Central Bank had kept the Naira's exchange rate versus the dollar fixed at just under 500 uh, to a dollar. Following the appointment of the new CBN leadership, the Naira has steadily depreciated against major currencies on both the official and unofficial markets. Many Nigerian economy experts agree that the ongoing slide of the Naira is mainly due to shortages of foreign exchange. However, the current CBN governor, Oilayemi Cardoso, recently told delegates attending the launch of an economic outlook report that the Naira is in fact undervalued and efforts are now underway to help it realize its true value. We believe that the Naira is currently undervalued and coupled with coordinated measures on the fiscal side, we will expedite genuine price discovery in the near term. This coordinated approach will contribute to a more balanced and stable exchange rate, Cardoso reportedly said. According to a report in the leadership, uh, the Central Bank of Nigeria is planning to take several steps to ensure that all foreign exchange inflows are returned to the central bank. Hmm. Meanwhile, Cardoso said he is hoping that some of the reforms being undertaken by the CBN will result in a consistent and stable exchange rate. Such an exchange rate will boost investor confidence and make Nigeria an appealing foreign direct investment destination. Well, we wish him luck because all fiat goes to zero and if you are in a Western country, uh, take note. This is what happens. And the I think the actually black market, or I guess they call it the private market, the unofficial market uh, is the market. And that's telling you that it's not really worth anything uh, and it's gonna continue to decline. So that's why a lot of people I think in Nigeria have found Bitcoin and stable coins and other cryptos uh, as a, a way to sort of uh, work around this issue with their currency. And it's really happening in a lot of countries that are seeing this type of inflation. And um, coming soon to a country near you. Next up, a little bit on adoption. This is from Zycrypto. Uh, this was posted January 24th. Honduras 
adopts Bitcoin as official currency for transactions. In a notable development for the crypto sector, the Prospera Economic Zone in Honduras has officially embraced Bitcoin as a unit of account, allowing businesses and the public to set prices for goods and services in the cryptocurrency. The decision, announced by Jorge Colindres, the jurisdiction's tax commissioner of Prospera ZDA, Zone for Economic and Economic, sorry, Zone for Employment and Economic Development, is expected to enhance financial freedom for individuals and businesses within the region. Colindres emphasized the importance of freedom in transactions within the region, stating in a Sunday post on X. At Prospera ZA, we believe in the right to financial freedom and monetary freedom. People should be free to carry out transactions, do their accounting, and report taxes in the currency of their free choice. Meanwhile, the crypto community has welcomed the move as it positions Prospera as a forward-thinking charter city, granting it significant autonomy, including its own private government and regulatory systems. That said, while the recognition of Bitcoin is a significant step forward, Calendris clarified that residents could not pay taxes in Bitcoin due to limitations in the e-government system and external regulatory challenges. Currently, the tax obligations will continue to be settled in U.S. dollars or Honduran Lempira. It is important to note that Prospero initially acknowledged Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as legal means of payment in April 2022, this latest development thus aligns with the broader trend in the region as the municipality of Santa Lucia in Honduras integrated Bitcoin payments to attract tourists worldwide. Interestingly, this move in Honduras comes just days after Argentina's newly formed government ratified and confirmed Bitcoin as a valid contract currency. This approval extended to other cryptocurrencies and even unconventional forms of payment like kilograms of beef or leaders of milk aligning with current legislation. Notably, the aforementioned countries now join El Salvador, which pioneered the acceptance of Bitcoin as legal tender in 2021, in embracing Bitcoin payments. Just recently, El Salvador unveiled a new visa program that extends citizenship privileges to individuals making a substantial investment of a million dollars in either Bitcoin or Tether setting the stage for a more extensive adoption of Bitcoin across the broader Latin American region. Uh, more on adoption. This is from BitcoinNews.com. This was posted January 26th. Chinese investors defy Bitcoin ban using clever methods, according to a report. In defiance of the government's ban on digital asset trading since 2021, Chinese investors are steadfastly embracing Bitcoin as a viable investment option. The persistent interest in Bitcoin among Chinese capital is highlighted in a recent Reuters report shedding light on the clever strategies employed by investors to navigate the regulatory challenges and China Bitcoin ban. Dylan Run, a finance executive based in Shanghai, exemplifies the resilience of Chinese investors. Concerned about the nation's economic outlook and the sluggish domestic stock market, Run ventured into Bitcoin in early 2023. The Reuters report details his astute approach. He impressively uses bank cards from rural banks and ensures each transaction remains below 50,000 yuan to avoid regulatory scrutiny. 
run viewing Bitcoin as a safe haven akin to gold, has now allocated nearly half of his investment portfolio to Bitcoin, which has outperformed China's sinking stock market. Run's journey mirrors a broader movement among Chinese investors who actively seek unconventional pathways to access Bitcoin. Digital asset trading was officially banned in mainland China in 2021, and strict controls govern capital flows across borders. Despite these constraints, Chinese investors persist in trading Bitcoin on offshore exchange platforms or through over-the-counter channels. The report also highlights how Chinese citizens leverage their annual foreign exchange purchase quotas to fund Bitcoin accounts in Hong Kong. It provides another instance. At Crypto HK, a popular crypto store in the Admiralty District, customers can buy Bitcoin with a minimum HK uh, Hong Kong dollar 500 or $64 US and are not required to provide any identity documents. This trend is driven by a growing interest in diversification amid uh, economic uncertainties in the country. One investor briefly expressed the sentiment stating, given the economic climate in China, exploring alternative investments like cryptocurrencies has become a necessity. Bitcoin and other digital assets have emerged as a sanctuary for investors navigating China's complex economic landscape. According to Reuters, this sentiment is shared not only by retail investors, but also by Chinese financial institutions. Facing challenges such as sluggish stock market, weak demand for IPOs, and contraction in other businesses, Chinese financial institutions seek a compelling growth narrative for shareholders and boards. Bitcoin remains relatively accessible within mainland China, facilitated by offshore exchanges like OKX and Binance. These platforms offer guidance on converting yuan into stable coins through fintech platforms like Ant Group's Alipay, and $0.10 WeChat Pay. Interestingly, an analysis by Chainalysis, a renowned digital asset data platform, echoes the same situation. According to the report, China's global ranking in terms of peer-to-peer trade volume catapulted from 144th in 2022 to 13th in 2023. And they have a chart here, and it looks like South Korea is number one, Japan's number two, China's number three, Taiwan's number four, Hong Kong's number five. Uh, These are Eastern Asian countries by digital asset value received. The Chinese digital asset market recorded an estimated $86.4 billion in transaction volume between July 2022 and June 2023, surpassing Hong Kong's $64 billion in digital asset trading. Notably, the proportion of large retail transactions ranging from $10,000 to $1 million nearly doubled the global average of 3.6%. Uh, these developments have sparked speculation that the Chinese government may be warming to Bitcoin, with Hong Kong potentially serving as a testing ground for such efforts. As investors continue to navigate regulatory challenges, their resilience and innovative strategies underscore the enduring appeal of Bitcoin in the face of adversity within the Chinese market. And I would have to say, I totally agree. It's great to see this happening in China. That's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, And it's hope, you know, if uh, if you are living in an authoritarian regime and you uh, want sound money, it's there for you. Next up, uh, this is from Bitcoin Magazine. 
Swan, and this was posted, I think, January 25th, Swan Bitcoin launches mining division targets over eight exahash by March. Today, Bitcoin-only exchange Swan Bitcoin unveiled its new mining division, Swan Mining, which was previously operating in stealth mode, although uh, according to a press release sent to Bitcoin Magazine. The division is now positioned under Swan Institutional with a focus on securing the Bitcoin network while contributing to the expansion of energy production and stabilization of electrical grids. Having commenced operations in summer 2023, Swan Mining is already a substantial contributor to the Bitcoin network, providing 4.5 exahash according to the release. With plans to enhance its capacity to over 8 exahash, the unit has rapidly purchased and deployed mining equipment expecting full deployment by March. Notably, Swan Mining stated it has already successfully mined over 750 Bitcoins. We are proud to play a role in keeping Bitcoin mining decentralized, said Rafa Zaguri, Swan CIO and head of uh, Swan Mining. Our understanding is that this is the fastest ever initial deployment of hash rate at this scale in Bitcoin history. With hard work and a little luck, we hope Swan Mining will help to secure the network for many decades. Zaguri further stated that to avoid causing disruption in ASIC pricing, Swan Mining first launched in stealth mode which also allowed the company to develop its strategy to partner with operators in the space. The Swan's mining business uh, follow, follows a funding model with no debt, with entities legally segregated from the rest of Swan's operations. The launch of Swan Mining is also playing an important role in the growth of Swan Institutional, the company stated, fostering strategic partnerships with major industry players. Swan's institutional unit supports capital raises and balance sheet restructuring, aiming to unlock notable operational and financial potential for its partners. Swan Mining is a great example of our company thesis playing out, said Swan founder and CEO Corey Clipston. With our exclusive focus on Bitcoin adoption and helping the industry grow, we continue to attract the talent, opportunities, and capital required to launch new business lines and grow them rapidly. Riding on a year of substantial expansion, Swan Bitcoin has doubled its team size and grown revenue to over $125 million annualized, according to the release. With plans to raise Series C financing in the coming months, Swan Bitcoin intends to allocate capital equally between financial services, mining, and acquisitions. Swan's, Swan Bitcoin's uh, CEO, Corey Clipson, also disclosed the company's active pursuit of a public listing within the next 12 months. So that was some pretty big news since there was a lot of skepticism around where they, where the revenue numbers were coming from. And uh, we talked about it a little bit on rabbit hole recap this week. And clearly it's, uh, if you do the math, it's, it's the, the Bitcoin mining that is really uh, probably the majority of their, their revenue. Next up, uh, not really Bitcoin news, but um, sort of freedom and liberty related. So I uh, thought it would be worth mentioning. This was on Cointelegraph, was posted uh, yesterday. U.S. lawmakers propose quick legislation in response to Taylor Swift deepfake. So, uh, you know, never let a good, a good crisis go to waste uh, when you can pass more laws and... Um, impinge on people's freedom. United States lawmakers are urging for urging for legislation criminalizing the production of deepfake images following 
the widespread circulation of explicit fake photos of Taylor Swift. The pictures appeared on various social media platforms, including X and Telegram. In a post on X, U.S. Representative Joe Morelli expressed his strong disapproval of disseminating the images, describing it as appalling. He highlighted the Preventing Deepfakes of Intimate Images Act. (laughs) Great name. Which is uh, legislation he wrote to make non-consensual deepfakes of a federal crime and called for urgent action on the issue. Uh, I, I think the irony of that, of course, is, you know, the title of the of the law it always it like actually does the opposite so what's going to happen is it's not going to it's going to actually cause deep fake images deep fakes of intimate images to spin out of control uh, and take away our freedom deep fakes utilize artificial intelligence to create manipulated videos by altering someone's face or body while no federal laws address the sharing or creation of deep fake images Some lawmakers are taking steps to address the issue. Representative Yvette Clark stated on X that the situation with Taylor Swift is not new. She highlighted that women have been victims of this technology for years, emphasizing that creating deepfakes has become more accessible and affordable with AI advancements. In a statement, X mentioned it is actively removing the images and taking appropriate actions against the accounts responsible for spreading them. The platform said it is closely monitoring the situation to promptly address any further violations and ensure content removal. In the United Kingdom, the sharing of deepfake pornography became illegal as part of its Online Safety Act in 2023. The State of Deepfakes report from 2023 revealed that the majority of deepfakes posted online involve pornography and approximately 99% of individuals targeted in such content are women. Worries about AI-generated content have increased, and the World Economic Forum highlighted uh, the adverse outcomes of AI technologies in its 19th Global Risks Report. The report outlined the intended or unintended negative consequences of advances in AI and related technological capabilities, including generative AI on individuals, businesses, ecosystems, and economies. Canada's primary national intelligence agency, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service has also expressed worry about disinformation campaigns on the internet utilizing AI-generated deepfakes. In a report on June 12th, the United Nations highlighted AI-generated media as a significant and pressing threat to information integrity, especially on social media. The UN stated that the risk of online disinformation has increased Due to rapid technological advancements, particularly in generated artificial intelligence, specifically focusing on deepfakes. So the narrative is we need to regulate this, we need to control it, we need to criminalize it, and then it's all going to go away. Um, When instead, what we should be doing is being discerning readers of information and really thinking and questioning what we're reading to make sure and checking sources and maybe getting your information from multiple sources so that you don't get faked out by a deep fake because they're not going away they are not going away and by the way porn's been around for a long time so uh anyway but in their zeal to latch onto this issue they'll you know try to pass another law hastily that will you know, just basically take away more of your rights, and uh, and that's okay with them. They like that. Okay, and then uh, to wrap it up, 
just wanted to highlight this week's um, Substack on the Bitcoin Fortress newsletter uh, post. It's called Embracing Financial Freedom, Take the Orange Pill. So I will include a link in the show notes, so please check it out. And if you like it, uh, subscribe. It's free. And with that, uh, we're going to wrap it up. So thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please like, leave a comment. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Um, If you like earning Bitcoin uh, for just for listening to your favorite podcast, check me out on Fountain. You can also follow my Substack. It's at bitcoinfortress.substack.com. And I'm also on Noster. My um, pub key is on the uh, in the show notes, and uh, that's the social media that I prefer. I'm not on anything else, and I'm I'm happier for it, to be honest. And with that, I will talk to y'all next week. Bye bye. <laughs>